You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing exclusive coverage of Third Watch, and we are now officially into the third season, the next phase of this TV show. I really do feel as though this show is pretty much on the route to being a very different show at this point. We're still going to have a lot of mixtures of what we've known to come and love, but I, I almost like to think of season three and four as kind of like the adolescent years of Third Watch as we, we grow up towards uh, adulthood and uh, change the show as it is. So I feel we've got some interesting things to come in the next two seasons as we obviously move uh, closer and closer towards the eventual conclusion of this. But we're nowhere near that because, as I said, we're only at season three. We'll be halfway through at the end of this season and a lot to talk about when it comes to season three because not only do I feel the show changes slightly in that aspect, but a certain event happened around season three that obviously changed not only the course of this television show, but uh, arguably changed the course of the world in general as well. That, of course, event was September 11, the September 11 terrorist attacks, and we're here to talk about the first episode of season three, which is a very special, a very unique episode of Third Watch, an episode called In Their Own Words, which wasn't a general episode of this show. This is uh, obviously uh, uh, an episode where... They speak to uh, a bunch of people involved in the uh, 9-11 attacks and just just a different take on things. And uh, we're here to give a bit of a take on that, talk about our own experiences and kind of look forward to uh, what we've got to talk about for this season. So I'll start off by saying my name is Ben and obviously this is a, a unique way of talking about Third Watch, but I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, moving forward with this. My name is Brandy and this is, this is going to be a very powerful podcast episode my name's darvell and i will say right off the bat in honor of those who lost their lives on this day and just in general anytime you anytime you encounter a first responder be sure to thank them for what they do yeah i mean it's absolutely agree with you darvell beautifully said and i think kind of this episode just there's so much around this episode which I think the context needs to be made because, I mean, we're not going to sort of do this our usual way where we're going to go through play-by-play play in this episode, obviously go through everything this said because this, I will say straight away, similar to what we said about a couple of episodes last season where it's really kind of an episode you need to watch in order to really take it in. This is this is 100% an episode you need to watch. Um, you know, it's not like a Heroes, uh, sorry, Honor or uh, and Zeus Wept where kind of we're just going to skip through the action in those ones and you kind of get more of it by watching it. This is one which we cannot even do it justice by talking about what these uh, men and women are obviously talking about. You know, these are, these are all first responders, family members, you know, people who were affected by 9-11, just giving their, you know, hand... Un, you know, their hand personal accounts of what happened on the day. And what I think is really important to note that kind of even watching this episode, uh, the time of recording this 16 years later, and obviously by the time we're airing this closer to 17 years later or after 9-11, is that these, these interviews and all these things that w- you watch in this episode were recorded less than a month after these attacks occurred. So I kind of think it's it's very important to kind of put the context into this. That even watching this, it's still very, you know, heartbreaking and emotional hearing all these stories, and particularly to even just remember that these people are sitting down less than a month after these attacks have happened. So, I mean, I guess kind of just some initial thoughts here, just on the episode in general, because we're just going to fluctuate in terms of some of the stories that are told, some of the things that are happening, and obviously give our own take on things uh, with nine eleven, and also how that's going to affect this show moving forward. So. 
Um, I mean, this ep- I, I think I mentioned this, uh, previously, this episode never aired in Australia, at least from my knowledge, because um, I remember the promos leading up until September 10th, the episode that we'll talk about next week. So I remember all the promos around that, but I, from absolute memory, this episode never aired in Australia, and any Australian listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong with that. So I, I never saw this until a long time after it aired, um, you know, probably over 10 years uh, post this air. Actually, it probably wouldn't be that long, maybe about five years, actually. I'm just elaborating a little bit too much there. But, um, you know, and I always forget kind of just how graphic some of these stories are that you're learning about, some of the things that you're kind of hearing from these people and just, you know, just how much it's affected, obviously, you know, not just these people, but the city, you know, America, the world in general, and just kind of just how much these stories just really hit close to home. And 9-11's been, Absolutely. been something that I, I don't I don't know if fascinated's the right word, um, but I think it's kind of always something that is just... It's one of these things that you sort of live through and you sort of saw it firsthand and kind of went through everything that happened since. So it's kind of always something that I've always, you know, pay close attention to. I always, you know, enjoy reading stuff about it. I don't say enjoy, that's not the right word, but I, I like reading things about it and kind of watching documentaries and things like that. And, you know, I can tell some stories about when I've been in New York and I've been to these places as well. But I will say this this episode in itself is just, I mean, this is something that I feel needs to be shown a lot more to people who kind of want to learn about 9-11 uh, and just kind of that, because I mean, these stories are just like, wow, they're just so Heroin. confronting. Yeah. So, I mean, Brandy, I don't know kind of like your take, if you remember when you first saw this episode or if this is one that kind of, you know, you, you sort of remember or just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of a very unique episode really to talk about, I feel today. I do know. I uh, remember seeing it for the first time. And I remember, like, just kind of, like, not, like, not being interested, not, like, not being interested, but at the same time, I was kind of fresh when I seen it. So I just kind of didn't really watch all of it until, like, later on, and I finally got into it. And I was like, man, every time I see it, I just get teary-eyed. It's just so powerful, like, the details, and, like, it's so fresh. Like, it just happened, you know? Even though, like, you could tell, like, this wasn't recorded, like, taped the other day. It's just, it's so fresh, though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Darvel, do you remember sort of seeing this for the first time or kind of when you first watched this one? Actually, not all that well. I remember, like, bits and pieces of it back when I was blazing my way through the show, you know, when I first got into it about four years ago. But, yeah, I I don't remember it too well back when I first saw it, but then I would go back to it occasionally when it was still up on YouTube and then – Last night, watching it again, I think that's when it really hit me, just how powerful this documentary is. And I just, you know, it makes me even, I know we I know we go back to this a lot, but it just makes me even more angry at how much Third Watch just slipped under the radar as a whole. Because this alone is, is just, I don't know of any other show that went to such great lengths to address this as Third Watch did. Yeah. I'd agree with that, and this is this is one thing that I would say completely from the the get go. And I I don't think any other TV show handled nine eleven as as well as Third Watch did. And like I'll be honest, I haven't necessarily gone out of my way to see other TV shows and kind of like because I mean you know Third Watch isn't the only TV show that was set in New York. Um, I know that the West Wing uh, did a huge thing around it, um, and you know other sort of shows would have been done, but but. I mean, my argument would be the fact that Third Watch really must have been the, the one show that was affected by it the most in the fact that, 
this is legitimately a TV show set around people that 9-11 affected the most, first responders. Um, and, I mean, I've just actually looked here quickly on Wikipedia, uh, sort of on the, they've got an article there, list of entertainment affected by September 11, and it's got a section under here in programming, and the section here says, several TV series, most notably West Wing and, the, and Third Watch, produced special episodes addressing the attack. Law and Order began its fall season premiere with a tribute to the victims. Shows such as Military Base Jag and Third Watch, a show about New York City first responders, made major changes to their ongoing storylines in order to incorporate the events aftermath. I mean, I, I would I would put it out there to anybody out there if you can show me a show that was affected more by Third Watch, uh, the nine eleven, you know, like a fictional show, and kind of in terms of how it would have changed the course of the show and how well they dealt with it. Because I think this is the thing too that, I mean. We really have to point out in terms of not only this episode, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week, is, and we talked touched on it last season, that, I mean, this whole course of this this show changed with this one event, just like the world did, just like we all did. It's not just, you know, an entertainment purpose thing. But I think, like, Sully uh, skips out of the points it out perfectly when he does his introduction about how, like, you know, we here at Third Watch had to work out a way to pay tribute, you know, before we go back to telling our fictional stories. And, you know, I think we'll talk a lot about next week about how they dealt with that. And I, I think it's so beautifully done how Third Watch, you know, deals with this tragedy. But I think this is the perfect way to, to, like, to like, get straight into this because, you know, I mean, you remember the time a lot of people were exactly sort of thinking like, well, you know, what now? Like they talk about in this episode, what now? What do we do now? How do we go back to the way we were? You know, and a lot of people were kind of like, well, you know, are we ready to go back to this? Like if you kind of see all these things that happened around this time, like, you know, David Letterman's monologue is online. You know, he's very sort of emotional monologue, like a week after the attacks when they first went back to air. I've seen sort of like all the footage of, I think, like the first Yankees game after like this and just all these things that were happening in America at the time and kind of like how they dealt with it. Because at the end of the day, you do have to get on with your life. You can't just let this completely destroy you. Um, yeah. But I, have I, you... So, yeah, go ahead, Davil. Oh, so one thing that really gets my emotions going is when I watch – are you familiar with Dick Clark, yeah. Ben? Yes, yes. The, the New Year's Eve guy? Yeah. Um, well, among other things. Well, I watch the ball drop counting down into 2001 and the ball drop counting down into 2002 a lot because it's up because both those are up on YouTube. And every time I watch the 2001 ball drop, you know, the countdown into 01, I always ask – I, I always wonder how many New Yorkers were there, how many people who were celebrating that New Year that night died nine months and 11 days later. Mm. And and then when I watched the – what, Brandy? No, I said that's deep. That's, yeah. Yep, and thanks. And, and then when I watched the ball drop into 2002, I mean just to – just to just to see everybody there, you know, there. I mean, Dick Clark himself even said in that broadcast that that that, that people were actually wondering if the crowds were going to show up in Times Square that year because of what had happened. But I mean, you got you've got thousands of people there ringing in the New Year. You can you can tell it's clearly a very very emotionally charged. New Year's Eve celebration, but... Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many things where, like, and this is the thing, like, there's so many things, like, I, I mean, as a Formula One fan, for example, I, I mean, there's a random thing, I remember the weekend after the attacks, the, there was a Grand Prix in Italy, and kind of just everything went there, but then I think it was about two weeks after that, there was a, the American Grand Prix, so there was, you know, that was only 
two and a half weeks. I was in Indianapolis, not New York, but they still obviously had a lot to do with that. And like I remember say when the, um, the Winter Olympics, uh, what about four months later, we're in Salt Lake City. So, you know, still in the US and, um, you know, lots around that. I mean, even here in Australia, like, I mean, just how things have changed. I mean, you're talking about New Year's Eve. I remember being sort of down our waterfront area in New Year's Eve to, going into 2002. And, you know, I'm in this tiny little city in Australia, which, you know, Al-Qaeda has probably never heard of. But, like, everyone's still sort of like, on oh, like, it could happen anywhere. So, like, there was just so much, like, you know, tension and just all this kind of stuff. Like, as I said, like, the world changed on that day for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about it every time you fly somewhere, like, I mean, you know, just little things mm-hmm. like that. And like, and as they point out in this, uh, you know, and this, again, this is, this is what is amazing about how this holds up is like one of the guys in this sort of talking the aftermath about saying about how, you know, life has changed about how, whenever you go through a checkpoint now in New York, you've got to go through security that never happened before. And like, that still is a case to this day in New York City. So, like, it's kind of, it's just, it's weird to think about just, like, the things now that I guess we're, we're, I guess we're gradually used to now, aren't we? Like, security and just things like that. It's just, it's our life. Like, I I struggle to even remember before this, like, how free we were with a lot of these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. And, like, I think, Davo, you just pointed that out about how Third Watch doesn't get credit. And this is... Yeah, completely agree. Because, I mean, we've got to mention about this episode that this was, you know, pl- applauded so well. It won a Peabody Award. It got so much praise. Um, and I think kind of this is, again, goes into our why doesn't Third Watch get more praise than it should. Um, because Especially for this. Oh, I mean, this, like, it's just such an, an emotional episode. And kind of through all the documentaries I've seen over the years on, on 9-11 and just everything along the lines, I mean... <laughs> And I'm just saying this because I'm biased because I love third watch. This is a top five in terms of things that I've ever witnessed in terms of this. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of great ones out there that kind of really tell the tale. I mean, when I've been to the memorial in in New York, I mean, there's some great stuff they show there just really strikes. I mean, that's just a whole other kettle of fish when you go to that place. Um, but it's just, yeah, the stories that are told in this. And the way they obviously tie this, and I think it's very cleverly done. So, like, I mean, I just, a real brief summary and kind of this, if you sort of, because this, I will say straight away, this is an episode, like, if you watch Third Watch, if you want to watch all 132 episodes of the show, this isn't one you need to watch in terms of the canon or the continuity of Third Watch. Like, you can skip this episode completely and nothing is affected. Nothing, absolutely nothing is affected in terms of the storyline of the fictional side of Third Watch. So, you can dive straight into episode two, September 10th, and you don't really need to see this one. But I, I mean, this is one that I would never say skip over because it's so powerful and emotional that mm. you should you should hear these stories. Um, but, I, I mean, just a real yeah. summary of this quickly is kind of we've got, um, I guess we've got seven of our nine cast members involved in introductions. Um, I noticed that Anthony Reivivar does not do an introduction and um, Molly Price obviously doesn't because she's an interviewee. Did either of you notice that Anthony Rivard didn't do an introduction? That was kind of strange. Maybe they ran out, but it was, it was, and something else. Um, didn't didn't Bobby Cannavale open and close the episode? Uh, I've never seen that. That's uh, that was Skip Sutter who did that. Well, he opened it, but uh, I mean, I've never Bobby wouldn't have been in the show anymore, so. Hmm. Never, never heard of that before. Okay. But, yeah, I know. Skip was the one that opened it, and yeah, and the closing was just the credits of all the names of the people. So, um, unless there was like okay. an alternate version or something, but yeah, I've never heard of that before. But um, 
yeah, skip skip opens, and we obviously hear from all our you know main cast members. Um, but yeah, so and people are maybe wondering, so like, and it's kind of through they kind of separate it, so we kind of get you know they separate into the firefighters, the the paramedics, and the and the and the police, and then obviously we get sort of the the lines up on the screen, sort of like you know just the different. Um, you know, uh, sections, obviously we've got like the aftermath and, you know, the pile and just they're all kind of separated in the family members. And just, it's kind of like, it's, it's very well done the way they separate and the kind of, they alternate between each of these stories. And I like the fact that, um, you know, I wrote a lot of these people's names down that, I mean, there's plenty of people here that they're interviewing, but, uh, also the fact that, you know, that they had the subtitles for some of these people saying like, Oh, this person was a, is a technical advisor on the show. Um, and you know, they, they would l- let you know, because one thing that I think, um, I've, I've mentioned a few times on the John Wells interview, and I, I definitely recommend it for people. There is, if you type in John Wells third watch on YouTube, there's like about a five minute interview they do with him about their sort of, you know, what they came up with here. And he sort of mentioned that they had technical advisors that died in the 9-11 attacks because, you know, they had all these people that worked on NYPD, FDNY with them, and they obviously went to the uh, the attack. And one of the, actually, the interesting stories he tells in that interview is that they had, um, I don't know if he says one or two firefighters that they used for the show, but they were kind of like retired, uh, sorry, fire engines, I should say, like trucks. Um, and because they were so short on trucks for 9-11 after a lot of them got destroyed in the attacks... Uh, the FDNY were like, they actually said to the, the creators of Third Watch, we need these trucks. Like, can you give them back to us? Um, so, like, just little things like that and had to use a lot of the equipment that they were using as props on the show. So, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating interview. I'd never sort of seen it before. It's on YouTube. But, um, yeah, so, like, it's interesting seeing and hearing from a lot of these people in these interviews that you'll see, obviously, technical advisors and family members. But, like, for those who maybe aren't aware of why Molly Price is being interviewed rather than her doing the introduction, she's, of course, and we've mentioned it a few times, she's uh, in real life married to DK, Derek Kelly, who's, uh, you know, DK Walsh, the two sort of side firefighters. Um, in the in the five five, and you see both DK and Walsh being interviewed in this as well. DK not so much; he's only in it a little bit. And Walsh is a lieutenant, so he's Lou. <laughs> Walsh is like a big wig when it comes to this. And and Walsh and DK don't actually work in the same firehouse in in, in um, New York as well. But um, yeah, so Molly Price being interviewed because obviously DK uh, was a first responder. So Molly Price is there, sort of telling her side of the thing about how she's worrying. You know, she doesn't want him to go in there and sort of. And I'd, I'd heard a little bit more than I think he went missing for a little bit. I don't know if that was true. I. I swear I read that somewhere in another interview with her that he did go missing for a bit and that's why she sort of remained tight-lipped in terms of doesn't do a lot of interviews in regards to things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I might just be making that up. I swear I read that somewhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Brandy, kind of if you sort of, when you're watching it, sort of, uh, it's a unique take and they, they don't go out of their way to, like, say, one of our cast members, Molly Price, but, like, just the way they kind of just subtly fit her in with the interviews. I think it just it just works very well with this episode. I think it's very somber. No, I never- I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just very done well. It's humbling. It's not, I think they did it just so well where it's not, it doesn't bring attention to who's acting, who's doing what. It's yeah. more about the, the real life stories. And that's what they did well. I'm like, I love how you say like third watch. I agree with you. I don't think third watch can be touched when it comes down to how they covered 9-11. Cause they didn't just cover one episode of like the attack, you know, like most shows do. They actually like went in depth, like with the PTSD you know, so losing people and where this person was at, and they just did it so powerful. Like they just they touched on so many themes of what of that day, you know. And I don't think a a, a show has gone so in depth in, in terms of like making a season about it, you know. Yeah, and so I, I don't. Yeah, think that. yeah. <clears throat> Davo, did you have anything to add on that? 
No, I was just clearing my throat. Oh, sorry. I just thought I was. I was just going to quickly chime in because I'm. I mean, I vaguely remember some of what West Wing did. Um, but I mean, like, I can understand the West Wing in terms of the fact that, you know, that's a show about the President of the United States, so they kind of obviously needed to, you know, have a bit around that. But, like, as, you know, again, my argument with Third Watch is that this is directly affected front on by this. And I, and I know that kind of John Wells mentioned in that interview that sort of some people weren't too happy with the fact that they kind of fictionalized certain events around 9 11 with it. But as he kind of says in the interview, he's like, well, like, we had no choice. Like, there's absolutely no way we can just ignore this because, you know, this is a show about the people who are directly affected by 9-11. You know, it's kind of... Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, I, I mean, just think about it if they blew up the White House or something like that in terms of how that would have affected the West Wing even more so than it did. I mean, I know they attacked the, the Pentagon and it wasn't purely New York, but, I mean, it's still kind of yep. just the way around that. And I... Yeah, I did hear. I did hear a rumor. It, it was it was speculated that the plane that flew into the Pentagon was actually meant for the White House. I couldn't tell you where I heard that, but a lot of pe- there there was a lot of speculation. There, there has been said, yeah. And I think a lot of and I think a lot of that too is also uh, the one that crashed in Pennsylvania. Also, is always sort of been regarded as that too was also heading to the White House. Or the oh Capitol. man! So um, man, never. I mean that that one always really. Sorry, Brandy. Um, no, go for it. Okay, that that one, the the plane in Pennsylvania, I don't know why that that one always stands out to me above everyone else because the passengers and crew on that plane actually tried to take control away from the hijackers. If you watch the movie, oh yeah, oh, United ninety three, United United ninety three. Oh my god, which I was going to oh, say that in terms god. of like top five sort of most emotional things, like that those final five minutes of that movie, like untouchable in terms of an emotional response I mean, you, of what you're going to get from watching a I mean, film. You, yeah, you know you know what's going to happen, you know how it's going to end and yet you're still on the edge of your seat, you're rooting, you're rooting for them. You're like, "Come on, come on, you can do it." You know they eventually don't do it, but you but you're still like, "Come on, you're almost there, you're mm-hmm. almost there, you've almost got it." Yeah. And it goes those are, down. Wow, those are some of the best movies too like in terms of that like you know what's going to happen. I love true stories like that. Even though they don't have a best outcome, it's just so they're so emotional. But Which, I mean, like yeah. what Ben was saying in terms of like it just being a sensitive topic with how like he had a fish, like how they made fiction storylines around Third Watch. It had to be done. There's no other way around it. Exactly. And it's and it's it's out there that you know, like the falling man pitch. I don't know if you guys seen in the picture, like where one of the guys is falling. Yeah. And it's like, I know that for a while was a huge debate. Like, people no. were very mad that they took that picture. Well, it's kind of and like, it was on, like... It was, it's almost like that story, isn't it, Brandon? What was it, uh, the... Was he a, a paramedic or a firefighter in this episode where he's kind of, like, saying about that photographer who's, like, taking oh, the yeah. picture. And he's like, oh, you know, just take me here and, like, you know... Like, Why don't you just stab me? Yeah, I mean, like, like I can yeah. understand the perspective of, of definitely... I can definitely understand that perspective of the firefighter because, yeah, like you feel intrusive, but at the same time, this is yeah. a story that needs to be documented. And, I mean, you know, we're glad 16, 17 years later that we've got sort of evidence of this. Um, and I think that, kind of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I mean, also we're talking in a sec here about kind of our experiences with it, but, like, I, I guess kind of just sort of quickly I'll just touch on here, just in terms of this episode, as I said, I mean, it's it actually two, we should mention, this is a two, like two hours on TV, so an hour and 20 minutes, hour 30 minutes basically without commercials. So this is kind of like an extended episode in itself. But I mean, just through the stories, you're just so glued to your screen here listening to these people tell these stories. 
that in no way does it feel like a drag. And just the one thing that I really sort of appreciate the way they do it is like I like the use of sort of the actors here giving their little introductions. And then, um, you know, I like the fact in Skip Sardis' introduction when he says like, these were all recorded in active firehouses and police stations. Like, you know, so you will hear phone calls, you will hear alarms go off, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it sort of adds to it. And then just the closing credits where you see a list of all the people who, you know, uh, are either dead or missing. And I mean, this is a thing too, to just kind of point out that this aired on October the 15th, 2001. So that is barely a month after it happened. This would have been recorded, you know, a week, two weeks beforehand. And this is, again, we'll probably talk a little bit more about this next week in terms of, and we've, we've touched on it about, um, we're sure, I'm sure they would have filmed things for this premiere before all this happened and had things already, you know, in, in place for what the premiere was going to be. But obviously they had to quickly go and change things because, you know, again, September 10th aired on October 22nd. So barely a month after these attacks, not like it waited six months for this to air. I mean, this was straight back on air a month afterwards. So kind of the fact that they've put all this together, um, you know, and so yeah. like the, the names on that list at the end, it's kind of, it's even more daunting and harrowing to think that for the most part, like all those missing, um, and we kind of get a play out with the storyline in this season is that, you know, they weren't finding these people still till six, nine months, 12 months. And, um, I mean, I kind of remember I did read when they found the last sort of body part victim. And like, I think even like when they collected all the debris, from sort of the event they took it out to, I can't remember whereabouts they took it in New York, but, like, they would still find parts, and there was even a body part found in, like, a a building in the vicinity, like, multiple years later, you know, and, like, even to this day, not every person has ever been identified. I think I told the story to one of you off-air. I'm pretty sure it was off-air, and if I told this on-air, well, I'm telling it again, but at the actual memorial in New York, when you go there, there's this wall and it's got, like, a quote on it. I can't remember what the quote is, but there's, like, this guy sort of in a NYPD sort of county medical clerk uniform sort of guarding this door, and there's, like, a plaque there, and if you read it, um, it's, like, kind of like an active crime sort of grave site sort of thing because, basically, behind that wall is kind of a bunch of rubble and stuff with body parts and victims and all that sort of stuff that just can't identify. So they've just kind of left it there as kind of like a, you know, a, a site sort of thing. A there. monument. Yeah, and, but it, because... Well, I don't know if a monument is the right word. Yeah, but, but they have to guard it as well because it's obviously got body parts in it. So, I mean, that's kind of like yeah. daunting to be in that vicinity to realise what's behind that wall. So, I mean, this is the thing. So, yeah. like, all those names on that list at the end, I mean, to this day, some of them might have never been recovered. And kind of what you're hearing from the family members there about how they're saying, like, we don't have closure because we can't bury them. Um, right. You know, so, I mean, it's just, to this day, it's just, it's just, this is why this holds up so well in terms of just the, the emotional connection that you have with this. Um, so. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I, I remember, well, I read, I read a couple of things that said that before they decided to go with the, in their own words documentary, someone, and of course they were shut down very quickly. Apparently there was one person who, for whatever reason, because this would never have worked, um, suggested recreating it and having the fictional characters respond. That would have never worked. Look, I think, and you know, again, maybe we'll talk about this more next week, but I kind of remember, like, the ads and kind of the lead-up to it, thinking, would they do that? Um, But I think what they did and how they handled it I think there's no other way they could have done it. I mean, it it would have been... And, like, I, I know agree. there's kind of that fine line of too soon. 
But I definitely think it would have been too soon if they had been more of a case of them like digging through a pile and seeing all that sort of stuff. I think it's, I think they handle it perfectly. Um, yes, and because th- there's a level of tribute and respect as opposed to glorifying and going OTT, and even the movies they've made around it and OTT. the other sort of uh, over the top. So. Um, you know, like, I mean, United 93 is kind of one of these ones which you can get away with sort of, like, showing it in detail. But, you know, we're never going to get a movie where you they're going to recreate planes flying into... Because, like, I mean, we don't need to see a special effects of a plane flying into a building because we've seen the real thing enough to to, to know. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, I mean, just on that, I think kind of, you know, I mean... All three of us were alive for it. All three of us, uh, for the most part, remember it, no doubt. Um, I mean, it's, in- it's interesting to kind of say, like, all three of us were alive. I mean, I remember this. I remember it vividly. But um, my nephew, uh, at the time of recording this, is uh, six and a half. And he's very similar to me that he loves skyscrapers. He loves tall buildings and things like that. And he was he was over recently and kind of just, you know, wanting to do some drawings and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, what would you what would you like to do some drawings of? And he's like, oh, oh, let's Google uh, World Trade Center. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, what do you know about the World Trade Center? And he's like, oh, yeah, there used to be two of them, but they were destroyed. And I'm like, oh, yeah, do you know? And so, oh, yeah, it was a terrorist attack on, you know, it's just kind of just like his sort of knowledge. I mean, again, he's six and a half. Um, and just, you know, he wasn't alive for that, obviously. He's kind of only sort of giving me, you know, little things like here and there. I mean, I was 14 when it happened, and I, I remember it vividly. Um, so, I mean, I guess for you two, I mean, it's going to be different given that you two are American. You were in America, of course, for it. I'm on the other side of the world. But, um, I mean, Davel, do you, do you remember it? Do you, I mean, what, what sort of your stories of, of the day that it happened? Okay. Well, at that time I was in, I was in sixth grade, um, American term there. <laughs> um, I was about, I was about 11 or 12 years old at that time. 11, because my birthday's in December. Um, well, I just remember getting up that day, really nice, really beautiful day, just like they say in the documentary, incidentally. I guess it was beautiful weather all around the U.S. And, um, but anyway, I just remember getting up, going to school, and you know, just everything was normal until I got home. And I remember I got home, and my dad, who um, he wasn't working at that time, but he had the TV on. And I noticed that it was just a lot of news, and I just remember asking him, you know, what happened? And that's when I found out what had what had gone on, and I just remember uh, my whole – myself, my brothers, my mom, my dad, we, we were just glued to the TV that evening. We were, we were watching this. We were – just like the rest of the country, you know, we were struggling to come to grips with what had happened. And then the next day, in class, we spent a good we we, we spent a good bit of the day talking about it. Our, our teacher she led a class discussion about it. And I later found out, and this was very common in in our schools, a lot of a lot of principals at the at a lot of different schools, be they elementary schools, middle schools, or high schools, they actually told all of their teachers not to turn on their classroom TVs on the day of the attack. But I know of I know of a lot of teachers that did. Um, a friend of mine told me years later that um, she was in fifth grade at the time. She said that 
uh, she was told her her teacher was told not to turn on her TV and show the attacks and all that and and show what was going on and everything. But this teacher did it anyway because she felt that yeah, my students may be only ten years old, but you know what? They're Americans as well, and they have a right to know what's happening. Hmm. Yeah. Brandy, do you have much memory of? I mean, I don't remember much of. I do remember like most of the aftermath, but I don't remember exactly that day specifically because I do know I was in class. But I don't remember like because a lot of people be like, oh, I remember how I was told, or I remember this. And to be honest, I don't remember exactly like how my teacher told us. I know like I was in class and I was in middle school, but I don't remember exactly everything by the book that day, you know. And it's funny because like I looked that up recently. And it's actually been researched that a lot of people who say they remember, not saying like they don't, but there's actually research saying that a lot of people who do say they remember probably don't remember as much because we get our memories confused. So I like, I now don't feel so bad. <laughs> but I do not remember like the aftermath, like everything going on like afterwards, like going home and watching like TV for days. And like not just that, but like when we went to war, I remember a lot of that and like how they were preparing mm -hmm. for like the nuclear attack and what to do if something happens, how to like keep your window sealed. I remember a lot of that more than the day, that exact day. Yeah, it's fascinating. Because um, <laughs> I remember, yeah, like, I remember so much around. I mean, for, for us here, uh, I mean, this was a, a night time for us. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it was school holidays for us. I remember during the day, a friend had been over and we'd like randomly just been doing stuff on the computer and shit. He went home and then kind of just chilling and, like in my old house, I sort of had like a, a rumpus sort of room under the house where dad and I watched TV and my mum sort of was upstairs in the lounge room. And um, dad and I were actually, funnily enough, watching the West Wing. Um, and they broke into like the commercial and they're like, breaking news, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We'll have more in the news at 10.30. Uh, might have been 11.30 at that point. And it's like, okay, so we're just kind of watching it. And by the time they sort of went back into the news, uh, I believe the second one had hit, and kind of then we were all like, okay, this isn't good. And so I remember running upstairs to tell my mum, and my mum was on the phone to, like, my nan, my grandma, and kind of she's just like, oh, you know, I don't need to know about this. Like, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm on the phone. It's like, okay, well, this is kind of a big deal, but sure. Um, and, yeah, I, I just was glued to the TV. I stayed up till 5, 6 in the morning just watching it. I remember the, vividly the news coverage, and because, like, I love New York and kind of, like, I'm – scared and yeah. terrified and mm -hmm. I was a bit selfish and not wanting them to blow up the Empire State <laughs> Building. I'm like, don't you blow up the Empire State Building? Um, but, like, it was just, yeah, absolutely glued to it. And then I remember sort of, I, I taped it. I put in a VHS and press record, which I've sadly recorded over it, um, you know, a long time ago. But, um, yeah, and then just the next day, just, like, there were special newspapers put out and kind of, because obviously for us it was, um, you know, most newspapers had gone to print ready for the next day, so they had to kind of put ready, ready to go. Uh, and I actually have a separate story I can say about when I worked at the newspaper about because I asked what happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kept all, like, me being me, I kept all... I've got all through all the newspapers, local newspapers here. Just I kept a scrapbook of it all and just kind of just glued oh, wow. to the TV and stuff. Um, I've still got the, uh, yeah, all the front pages, um, like our main sort of one here, the, the Melbourne newspaper, which kind of we got. And then, um, yeah, like, Brandon, as you were saying, like, when sort of you, um, the strikes happened uh, on Afghanistan and that, well, like, a month or so later... Um, yeah, I remember that. That was all breaking news as well. I've got the newspapers for that as well. But, like, I mean, it was blanket coverage here, as I'm sure it was there as well, like on TV for just, like, a week nonstop. Um, just, like, every channel was just blanket 24-hour news. Um, and It really was here, too. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, one thing I will say, like, with Darvell, when he said, 
that the teachers didn't put the TV on. I have. I don't think she did because I do remember like not seeing it, and I never seen like this the plane, the second plane hit the tower like right then. I'm not, I've seen it like after, like because they replay it, yeah. but I've never. I didn't see it in that moment, and so I don't think they put. I think that's the reason because I do remember like not seeing it on TV, and we were in class, so I do remember like her right like right on the bar like today and like talking about it, but that's it. Like so, it's very vague. I don't. I think like he was saying a lot of teachers were told not to make a big deal. And I have a feeling my teacher didn't make a big deal that day until we got home and didn't, like I said later on, like those days falling up, it became bigger and bigger. And so like, that's I love that your teacher did that because that's probably what made a difference of like it being so vivid and being so powerful that day, you know? Well, it's fascinating to hear that because- My, my, yeah. my teacher didn't turn her TV on. I was telling- Oh, you said your friend, okay. Her friend. Yeah, a fr friend of mine told me about how her teacher um, turned her classroom TV on. And I know that there were some teachers in my school who, despite being told not to turn their TVs on, did anyway. Did that. And that's just powerful. Mine just mine wasn't one of them. Okay, but did she talk about it? I mean, oh, did you guys... Uh, okay, see, like, I think ours just said somebody, but we went on our day. Because, again, like... Not that not day. There. Not that day, but I do remember yeah. us spending a good bit of the next day and possibly some of the days that followed yeah of course that it. i do see i remember the following days because it was important like after coming after that day like we didn't really do much in class following those days and like with the the with the attacks on afghanistan that's when like when we really didn't we talked a lot about that you know i mean i know when president obama got elected president i mean inaugurated i know like my teacher turned tv on in a heartbeat in high school i remember that day vividly but for some reason with 9-11 i just it's not. I don't know. It's it's, like it's, it's it's definitely one of those where were you events in yeah. history. So I mean, it's it's by far mm -hmm. one of those ones that will always sort of be talked about. I mean, kind of, you know, I, it's it's sort of interesting on such a global scale. Obviously, you know, of this is it's kind of you know everyone in every country really would be able to have it. I mean, kind of it's 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 interesting sort of obviously from your both your perspective being in obviously the US when it when yeah. it kind of happened. Um, and one thing that we're obviously sort of looking at here on the show and at least at the time of recording this, I mean, you might see it posted up with the, uh, this episode as well. We're sort of still sort of trying to lock it down at least at the time of recording this, but, uh, I do sort of know, uh, a former NYPD officer who was a first responder who we're going to try and sort of get on the show to, to talk a little bit more about it, obviously. And well, and I mean, I've had conversations with him about it and kind of just, you know, obviously hearing that side of things. And, you know, I've spoken to people who lived in New York at the time and kind of got perspective of it and, you know, obviously, it kind of affects sort of you know the way that all is. So, and I kind of think is, I mean, it definitely is too. Just in in the, in the scale, this brain, as you were saying, obviously they get the fact that we're seeing this live on TV. We're seeing the planes crashing into the the, the building live on TV. And I mean, if you've ever and the you, buildings collapse. Yeah, if you've never seen it, yeah. like if if you go to YouTube, there's like so many kind of just no, I've seen yeah, I've seen it like replayed. Yeah, just, but I didn't see it in person live. For, yeah. th for those who haven't seen it, like it, but just YouTube have got a bunch of unedited news rolling coverage from the day, so you can kind of see it play out in real time, and just just hearing like these these news anchors and just kind of just trying to compute what they're seeing. Like everybody in the world is kind of looking at like what are we seeing right now. Um, and kind of just exactly what you hear these people in this uh, in their own words episode saying like we don't know what we're seeing right now. Um, so yeah, Ooh, I mean man. it's just it's, it's just yeah exactly it's just incredibly powerful stuff. And this is just again this episode just really it's its own it's its own unique sort of um, element. And, and it's kind of even like the thing with this show we should really point out too is that outside of 
the actors giving little introductions to segments. You you don't know this is an episode of Third Watch. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's it's it's. There's no real. There's no intro. There's not not the theme. There's there's nothing outside of these actors. And I mean, if you kind of showed this to anyone outside of Sully, Skip started saying at the beginning about you know, oh, here at Third Watch, we needed to work out what we're going to do. You just wouldn't know. So I mean, this is kind of where this is a unique sort yeah. of documentary in itself. Um, and we should really mention, as I said, it, several awards. I mean, the main one it did win, uh, the Peabody Award, which is, you know, a very prestigious award to win. Um, won in 2001. Um, well, technically 2002, but the, the awards were 2001, obviously. Um, you know, Area of Excellence, it, it won for NBC and John Wells Productions. Um, it just says here, third watch for In Their Own Words, a standalone profile and real-life respondents to the 9-11 attack in New York City. So I mean, as, as much as we talk about how third watch kind of is overlooked in terms of like the major awards when it comes to, you know, it's it's fictional side of things. I mean, it did win an Emmy, I think, for sound editing for, for the premiere. Um, but I mean, this is a big deal to win this. And I actually recently discovered that the acceptance speech that John Wells gives is on YouTube. So if you want to see... John Wells accept this PBOD award. Uh, you can. I think uh, Amy Carson and Skip Sardis get up on stage with him as well from memory. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a that's a big deal in itself. And kind of it, it is one that it is when people do talk about Third Watch and kind of what its legacy is, this is kind of often the main legacy they often talk about is this episode. And I think that's a fair enough point. I mean, as much as we talk about how good this show is, again, as I keep saying, Third Watch really did handle... Uh, September 11, the best, in my opinion, in terms of fictional shows. Yes, absolutely. And and I've, I've said this, I think, before on air, but I know I've told you guys this off air. That's what I, that's what, personally, that's how I try to sell it to people, so to speak, when I try to tell my friends about the show, is that, is how they handled 9-11. Yeah. And we've got to look at that moving that's- forward, obviously, with this. And I kind of, I've touched it a few times about how, Really, the first half of this season is just purely affected by it. I mean, just a little difference which we'll talk about is that for the first um, eight episodes, you do not get the intro. They do not play the intro for the first eight episodes. Kind of as like a, a sort of a silent tribute in many ways. So, we just the get theme the... theme um, song, you mean? Or yeah. For the fir- we don't get it until episode nine of this season. And that's kind of... We get the... Uh, you know, the, the cast is up on screen in terms of just subtitled on the screen. And kind of... We'll talk about that obviously next week, how they do kind of go through it. I mean, really, like, I guess the first two episodes, really, you would argue, are mainly 9-11 tribute ones. But, I mean, you know, you do obviously feel the effects moving forward a lot with it. Um, And kind of, as we sort of alluded to at the end of last season, um, this show isn't the same. And, again, I'm not saying that's... uh, Like, I'm not saying, oh, this show's terrible for now. Absolutely not. It's just... It's change of direction. And, again, as we keep Mm -hmm. touching over and over again, you cannot avoid that. You cannot avoid it. There's no way you can avoid not changing the direction of this show. So that is a long-term goal for us. If we ever get the dream John Wells interview, Ed Allen Bonero interview, again, I would love to know what the course of this show was going to take had 9-11 yeah. not happened. Because I think we all want to know as Third Watch fans. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. but I do know, like, with 9-11 personally, I know um, my neighbor, her family's from New York, and I do know her, her with her cousin, Mark, I guess he he worked in one of the towers, but he wasn't there that day. But he was near getting like something for breakfast. And when it happened, they didn't they couldn't get a hold of him for like an hour. And he showed up at his mom's house covered in suit. Mm. And so I mean that I know like that's one personal story I know from somebody like he was close to that because she's in she's in New York as well. And so I mean hearing that from her point of respect, I mean there was more that she said, but I mean to hear that it was just even more powerful as well. And 
I just wanted to point that out before I forgot. Well, I'll just say I definitely recommend for anyone who whoever is in New York to to definitely go and sort of go to the area, go see sort of the memorial and, and everything. Because, I mean, I've been there twice. I mean, the first time I went, uh, they were sort of still constructing it, so you couldn't really see a whole lot. I mean, you could they were half building the new tower and kind of was all fenced off. They sort of had a little uh, memorial sort of shop site where they had a few sort of artifacts from the day and kind of you could, you know, buy books and stuff. And, I mean, one thing I remember about that day was just, um, you know, New York is a big city, hustle, bustle, it's loud, beeping horns, everything. And you kind of go to that area in Lower Manhattan and it, it was just dead quiet. Like, it was just people walking around, just not saying anything and just kind of realising where they were. Um, and, like, you go into this little store and, you know, people are watching these videos and seeing, like, you know, bits and pieces from the, the day and, you know, crying and stuff. But when I went there um, second time, uh, you know, the tower was finished. I went to the top of the tower. Um, I mean, it's just an amazing... Like, I, I have a thing for going to the top of skyscrapers. I love going to observation decks and going up buildings. And, I mean, just the... the, the <laughs> one of the few people who does. <laughs> I just I just love it. I love it. And I always collect a little, you know, statue of a little tower when I go up the top. But, um, I mean, this was just an amazing experience, kind of just like an interactive experience. You go up the elevator in the, you know, in World Trade Center 1 and kind of they have this sort of show where you all sort of line up and there's like this big screen in front of you and they kind of have this video showing like New York and kind of a bit of the history of kind of building it. Then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this screen raises up and you've got this big window in front of you and there's New York, like right in front of you. It's just incredible. Um, so it's, it's just, it's just, it's amazing. And then sort of obviously at the foot of the, the new tower, you've got the two big pools, which are obviously the the squares where the original trade centers were, you know, the big memorial sites, um, which, you know, again, are just, you know, moving, you're sort of walking around and seeing all the names written on the stone. And then you, you got to pay to get into the actual memorial museum, but it's, it's worth it. Like, I mean, it's just, you can just spend so long in there and just, you know, just everything you're reading. I mean, they've got, the way they've laid it out is just incredible because, like, you sort of go down this escalator and as you're going down the escalator, you realise sort of what's on the left of you is kind of like original foundations from the actual trade centre. So they've kind of kept it intact. And kind of just the way you kind of go through this area, you realise that everything you're standing on is part of the original trade centres. And they've just kept it there. And some of these things are just bent and mangled. And they've got a fire truck there, which is like absolutely crushed in half, but they've just kept it in there for you to see. I think there's an ambulance in there too, which is just like ripped in half. Um, and there's just, it's all separated wow. into sections. Like, I mean, there's... um this like really moving section, which, you know, it's just all about the victims and kind of just hearing all these personal stories. And they've got like actual, like, which is really moving and kind of like sad, but like, they've just got these cases where it's got like, you know, a shoe and a tie and just like a, a wallet. And they're like, this is from such and such who was on the such and such floor who died. And this is what was on wow. them that day. Um, and then like you go into like this big, big section and it's just kind of like a recreation of the day and there's go through everything and they've just got, all these things just in case, like, you know, just papers, like this is on the desk from this floor and this office and this is what was found on the ground and just it's all burnt and half mangled and, it, yeah, it's it's a moving. Like, you just, it's, yeah, it's something else. I highly recommend it I've for people a, to go I've there. Got, I've got to go there sometimes. Yes, yeah. That, wow. I mean, I feel, like you, I feel like when you visit certain places, there's certain places you just have to go. I mean, it's not really, yeah. not, like, if you don't go anywhere else, just go to that one place and, and I, I went to I went to Pearl Harbor when I was in Honolulu, and that was itself its its own unique take. But I mean, comparing them is it's just like apples and oranges. I mean, I mean, again, different times, different things, and obviously Pearl Harbor happened a long time ago, so you know it's kind of what it is. Um, and it's also still an active military area as well, so obviously you got to take that into factor. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, just in terms of what they've done with that 
you know, nine eleven area. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's something else. It's, it's you can't even really describe it too much into words. It's something you need to see. It's something you need to kind of go to. So I highly recommend it mm-hmm. for people um, in New York to go to, and going up the World Trade Center as well. Like the the new building, it's I mean, it's a beautiful building. Um, so yeah, but those are definitely. Things I want to do for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's yeah, a ho- whole lot extra mm-hmm. here we want to sort of touch on. I mean, as I said, we're kind of looking at having a you know, former NYPD guy, and not just talk about 9-11, obviously, I want to talk to him about a few things to do with sort of like looking at what we're here and third watch. We can ask him, you know, like, oh, would the firefighters really show up to this? Like, you know, was this a thing in New York? Like, why is Jimmy there? Um, <laughs> you know, just... I wonder if he was familiar with third watch. He is. I, I talked to him about it, and he, I remember he said he, he did used to watch it back in the day. So, um yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to kind of get some things about that. But um, obviously, you know, moving forward, we're going to be going into September 10th next week, which, uh, you know, we kind of get back into, obviously, fictionalised versions of this and just a, a beautifully done episode and how they handle it. I mean, we're here, we kind of have to do our usual, you know, buy it, rent it, bin it in terms of our evil or review section. But, Isn't I mean, it obvious? I don't think any of us are really exactly <laughs> going to give a differing uh, answer with this one, are we? Hashtag buy. I might just stand out and say no. I'm kidding. No. Um, I'm it. buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I think we are definitely all buying this one. I mean, it's again, it's just uh, it's a unique episode um, and not just a third watch of television in general, um, which I think kind of, you know, we need to point out with that as well. But um, for sure, I think this is an obvious buy and uh, any third watch fan, I mean, <laughs> You can't be critical of this episode. There's no way you can be critical of this episode. If any person says anything less than buy, you're a fucking moron. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in those words. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, September 10th, as I said, next week. I mean, just quickly while we're here, I mean, Brandy, do you have anything to sort of add on thoughts on September 10th before we obviously come back next week to talk about it? I don't at the moment. I uh, actually think I got to in just... Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, no, no. I'm saying I just gotta be watch it again. I'm tired. I didn't get a, I didn't get around to it. Uh, Darvell, do you have anything to add on it? No. No. All right. Well, we'll be back next week, as I said, and uh, just keep an eye out. Uh, sort of interviews that we're gonna possibly tie in with this. Uh, again, time of recording this, we're hoping <laughs> to set it up. So hopefully, it uh, will be all ready to go. But uh, in the meantime, remember to like us on Facebook, subscribe. Uh, Twitter, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, everywhere else. And uh, by all means, if you wish to sort of share any sort of stories or personal connections, anything to do with that, uh, what we've talked about in this episode, by all means, feel free to send in the comments and uh, go along with it too. Uh, Obviously, you know, big, big moment in history and, uh, you know, sort of a unique episode here for us on the Oz Network to kind of talk about this, sort of around this episode. But uh, at the end of the day, Third Watch fan or not, in their own words, is is highly recommended as an episode uh, just to kind of get some very emotional, deep stories. And again, as we said, not really here to, for us to retell these stories. It is definitely an episode that you need to be able to watch to hear these stories personally and firsthand from these people who are obviously affected on the day. So uh, my name's Ben. Thank you for listening. Um, Darvell, thank you for you joining us today as well. No problem. And thank you to the to the first responders of the world. And Brandy as well for you. Thank you as well. Good to have you both uh, on an episode together again. Yes, yes. I look forward to more in the future, hopefully. It's been fun. Indeed. Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more. (laughs) We'll be back next week as we kick things off September 10th. That is the next episode, episode two of season three of Third Watch. 
And uh, until then, thank you for joining us, and we'll speak to you then. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.